Coming up, we're looking at the millionaire mindset and what it takes to become one. Welcome to this episode. I'm Jennifer Moore. And I am John Cho. We are Asians with Money, and today we are helping you figure out finances. All right, so John, first we have to talk about your TikTok account because you posted one that's kind of going viral. Let's break it down because you got, did you get like 2,000 followers in a day or something? No, in, in like two hours or three two hours. Oh, wait, 2,000 followers in two hours? Yeah, so it's All just right. been blowing up. And my phone, I just like oh my gosh. laid Are it people- down because it's blowing up right now. So uh, like, let, hold up, let me just open this and see how many, okay, 41 new followers. So who is hitting you up now? All these just random people or what's going on? Yeah, so like people that are, you know, I guess they want to invest in real estate because um, on this TikTok video, um, I'm at a uh, investor meetup and some of these people are incredible. There's about 400, five, no, 550 members, but just like the rule of thumb, only about like 5% in there are really killing it. Actually, maybe a little bit more than that, but these guys are producers. I mean, we're talking about yeah over a thousand rentals, uh, like a lot of portfolios, owning RV parks, restaurant, a real estate agent making $1.3 million gross commission income, which is crazy in our area because this is not a luxury area. We're, yeah. Our average prices are 200000 to 300000 So getting that much gross income commission is extremely hard. Okay, so tell us about some of these people. Like I saw the TikTok earlier and I was I, yeah. I really liked the content. And I also found it funny that you were like the poorest guy there. <laughs> and that says a lot because you're doing very well. So the fact that yeah. you're like the lowest income person in the room is... It's kind of crazy, but it's also good for you because that's how you learn from other people around you, right? Right. Uh, Yes. And I'm actually honored to be the lowest net worth in there. Well, I actually only recorded the top guys and I compared them to myself and it was super humbling just because these guys are giants and, you know, as a, but I am twice as younger than them. So you got some time to catch up. Right, right. And the crazy thing is, Jennifer, some of these guys have only been in real estate for five years and they built that much portfolio and they built 800 plus rentals. So So, do they do they tell you how they got from like point A to point B? So is that kind of what you guys talk about in those meetings? So the crazy thing is this is what differentiates between a a producer, uh, a wealthy person between a non-wealthy person is the mindset yeah. The wealthy person has a mindset of abundance. And the well the other vice versa, like the opposite person has a mindset of scarcity. Now, what I mean by that is so person A, he's doing super well and he's there just sharing information and he believes that there is business to go around for every single person in the room. But if we look at person B, um, he's like, nope. I'm not going to tell anybody because it does create competition. And yes, he's he's probably right. And I want it all to myself. I want to make sure I get wealthy first. The thing is, like people that have that mindset, they don't do well. That's the crazy part. And I think it's it's weird. God's blessing the people that are giving, that are yeah, that, having good intentions. Maybe, but we all know, you know, some people still thrive when they do have ill intentions. But still, but it, it kind of tells you what kind of mindset these wealthier people have. 
Yeah, that does make a lot of sense because isn't there a saying like you can build up your own building without tearing somebody yeah. else's down? Right. And it's not like it's just a pie that everyone gets a piece of. Mm -hmm. The more you can create, you know, yeah. it's not it's not limited. So mm -hmm. I it does seem like you, when you meet a lot of these successful people, they do have a very generous, uh, mm -hmm. generous heart and a spirit. And right. so tell us about some of these guys that you've connected sure, with. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm super excited. So the first guy in the video, uh, he he became a millionaire by 26. And by the way, none of these guys came from a rich family. They all, all actually self -made. came. All self-made, which is the craziest part, right? So for so, the haters that are like, you know what, they probably have rich parents or some sort of privilege. Right. They And they look very, they look kind of like your average Joe on the street. They do not, they're not flashy people. They're not like the Kardashians or whatever. Right. And, and I found that pretty refreshing. Right. And in the comment section, you can also see oh. that, that people are like, whoa, these guys don't even wear gold chains. They <laughs> no look gold ch very, very normal. What, right? what, kind of, what kind of cars are in that parking lot? They drive like a normal car. I think I have the newest car, which is you have the newest yeah, car. That's awesome. out of all of them. What out of they? all of them, and my net worth is like the lowest out of them. That's that's hilarious. So. Do they do they give you crap about the car or like tease you about it? Or are they like no, no, no? no. They we we just when we meet up, we just talk about real estate. We talk about hey, John, we we just acquired a twenty acre RV park. Um, this. Two acres have been developed, so we have that 18 acres to build upon. So we're talking about numbers. Yeah, so the cash flow is this, so we can get our money back. And this is how sweet our deal was. So and over there, they we love to talk about real estate and what's going on. And people there partner up too. That's the crazy thing. And the crazy thing is that motel that I'm trying to buy, I'm actually partnering up with someone there. So it's, so it's obviously been a really good place to connect right. with people. Now, you did another TikTok that talks about finding opportunities because you've gotten some comments on your TikTok like, you know, John, it must be nice, but, you know, I'm broke and I don't know anybody. And right. and I, I know you've kind of combated that sort of attitude. Um, can you explain why? Because so, guys, I came from a poor background, too but it's really about hustling out there. So for example, when I started eight hours of door knocking, I found clients, people started calling me. Once they started calling me, I listed a property and in one of the properties that I listed, my future business partner that I didn't even know tried to get that property, but it didn't work out. That was the funny part. He, he didn't get the deal, but we met up, we talked about each other and he was like, man, you, why don't you come to my brokerage and you know, I would love to work with you. And so I did. And when I was there, I found a fixer upper and I knew he had cash, but I didn't, but I was the one who brought the deal. So he was like, let's partner up on this. And we did 50, 50. So after that, we kept flipping properties over and over. And, you know, that led to hiring contractors who knew other clients who had like a multi, my first seven figure listing was from a contractor. Um, he knew this, guy who had an apartment complex so to list an apartment complex uh, your second year i mean that's pretty huge and that's like doesn't happen so like opportunity will present itself once you keep working hard it will come i can guarantee that you just have yeah. to put in the work 
No, I I agree with you. And I think what what you may lack in like raw skill or talent, <laughs> I do think you can really make up for it in hustle. And I, right. I, I, I honestly do believe that if you outwork other people, that's going to pay off in the end for sure. It's worked for me. It's worked for you. And you did get some comments on the TikTok that I honestly kind of felt like these people need an attitude adjustment because they're like, <laughs> where are the women? Or, you know, they accuse some of these people of being like greedy, whatever. And you know what, though? Here's what I have to say to you out there. You need you need to change that mindset because you're never going to get anywhere if you are constantly just looking to tear down other people or if you're just constantly looking to just blame someone else for problems or if you're you just want to tear down somebody else's success down that's that's not how you win in life and if you meet anyone who's successful they do not have any of those qualities would you agree right. with that yes because absolutely when you're in the heart of attacking others your heart is closed like you are just closed yeah. mindset and now you're super opinionated these guys that are millionaires they, they're all open-minded as in like, they're willing to learn. They're like, okay, this guy's obviously doing better than me. How did he get there? What do I need to learn? What do I need to do? Instead of just like, oh, look at these uh, guys. Oh, they're white. Oh, they, they must have privilege. Stuff like that. That's just unnecessary. Or, oh, they probably came from a rich family. You don't even know us. Like, chill out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just try to learn. Like, we're not here to boast because... Um, that video I took of, I just took a, took a video because I knew those guys and it was just kind of cool to just put it out there. And I, I didn't realize it was going to blow up. And if it goes viral, I guess I just need to message them and say, hey, guys, um, just say hey, hey, uh, so I, I kind of recorded you guys um, and it blew up. So <laughs> yeah. they'll just probably laugh. <laughs> and to the folks out there, there was one guy and I believe his username was had some reference to an S uh, an STD. So that was interesting, but he, <laughs> he was like, you know, so you guys are the ones that keep raising my rent and you explained to them that taxes have a, quite a bit to do with that. And he just did not want to, first of all, he did not want to hear that answer. That was not what he wanted to hear. Um, he then wrote back and was like, yeah, but 30 year int mortgage interest rates are at an all time low or whatever. One, a lot of investors don't get financing that way. So that really has nothing to do with the situation. And also, I don't think people, if you've never run or owned a business, there are a lot of costs and a lot of risk associated with, with doing that. So I'm, you know, and I've been in situations where landlords have been very gracious to me and my mom has, is a landlord herself and she's been very gracious to her tenants uh, during COVID and whatnot. And you know what though, these people are not like just the heartless people you think of from like, it's a wonderful life. They're real people. They're supporting families. And and if they were not doing this, you wouldn't have a place to rent. And you're, I guess these people are not motivated enough to buy their own place. So what are you going to do? Like, that's right. that's what, like, kind of drives me crazy is that the same people complaining have no solutions. They right. just want to complain. And the crazy thing is their anger and frustration is at towards the wrong person. Yeah. It shouldn't be towards landlord. Yes, there are some bad landlords out there, but let's let's dig in. Um, so why are you not able to buy a house and why aren't you wanting to? Um, okay, let's just number one scenario is I can't I don't want to buy a house because I'm gonna move. Well, that's 
then you should thank a land- yeah. landlord for renting it out for you. And that's or personal number two, choice. Right. And, or number two, oh, I can't buy a house because my credit is bad. They won't give me financing. Um, so whose fault is that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's on you. <laughs> so. and, and there are certainly things you can do to improve your credit for sure. Right. And now, and again, we know that there are situations where sometimes things are out of control, your control, like a medical emergency. And there are always right. there are situations, but Absolutely. it seems like 98% of the people that I see complaining do not have that circumstance. <laughs> they just yeah. want to just you know, crap on other people and, and just bitch about why they have no money. And you know, right. what? like, mm-hmm. yeah. And you and I have both been in that position where we have had no money mm-hmm. and you know what we did? We, we changed it around and right. you know, and for the people that are like, you know, where's the women, there's nothing stopping women from investing. It's like, I'm sure your group would welcome any woman or any person of, you know, person of color that wants to come in. But that's the thing. If there's, if there are no people like that investing, you know, then they're not going to be part of the group. Right. You know, that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of folks out there just, you know, there's nothing standing in their way except for themselves. And right. I think if, if more people, I think, changed around their attitude, I think they would be much happier. And I think they would get a lot farther in life when you when you take some responsibility and when you get out there and you try to make something, try to build something, try to create something. There's so many opportunities in this world, uh, you found, I mean, you found a way to make mid six figures in an area that really doesn't have a lot of like industry going on. Right. You know? The median average income here is 27 grand a year. Um, so it's either te- a $10 an hour job or you go build a business. Yeah. So and you, cho- you chose to build a business. So you could be working at the grocery store or you could be building a business. Right. And there are so, and, I, and if you're, you know, for all the Gen Zers, Zers out there, there are so many businesses or chances for making money online. If you have a phone, you could make money with it. Um, like, you know, the person that mows my lawn, entrepreneur, hustles, does a really good job. You know, I pay online. It's very 21st century. And this guy has a business. I mean, you can make quite a bit of money doing a lot of things if you're if you're willing to put in the hustle and take some time to learn things you don't know so i think the biggest thing is people want to get to that exciting part people want to get to that exciting part where oh i have 100 rentals oh look at me i'm i'm producing 1.3 million dollars a year in in commissions like people want to get to that part but a lot of people don't want to put the foundation down, such as cold calling, um, doing a lot of negotiation, driving a lot back and forth to the sellers. Uh, Just like those little stuff that's super boring and that people don't want to do is the thing that ultimately builds your business and builds your net worth. And that's the crazy part. Since you've made contact and have interacted with all of these very high quality people, have you noticed any patterns of what they have in common or anything, even like little things? Yeah. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess they work more than 40 hours a week. If I, if yeah, I they, they do. But then some of them don't because they have built their business where they can take that much freedom and they choose to, if they're working yeah. 40 hours a week, that, that that's their choosing. Cause they could yeah. just relax and just collect their paycheck, but they're just different. Um, when I first met them, I didn't even realize they had they had that many rentals and they were just that successful because 
they look just like us. And the yeah. funny thing is those comments were like, how come these people look ordinary? <laughs> yeah, it's like, right. what do you, ex- and, and, you know, and you and I, uh, we've, we've both read the Millionaire, uh, the Millionaire Next Door book series. Mm-hmm. And I think that that book was really interesting to me just because it really goes over actual statistics about millionaires. And it's just mm-hmm. not what people think at all. Like you get that, you know, like you get like the, yeah, the guy with the gold chains and the fancy car. And yeah. the truth is that most of the people that are, that are in that millionaire status, they, they don't do those things. And that's mm-hmm. actually probably why they have the money. Yeah, that they do. They reinvest and invest again. And, you know, one of them, a lot, a lot of them support charities such as like an underground movement where, you know, girls are getting, uh, children are getting sex traffic. Um, it's kind of a movement uh, where they try to prevent that and stop that. They donate to that um, um, charity. And not only that, some of them adopt kids. And it's just, they're, they're very good people. Yeah. Like, it, and they're not boastful. They're super humble um sometimes you know me i i sometimes get big-headed and going into (laughs) those kind of like meeting and getting to know these guys really humbles you because to me like to them like i'm 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 like a little tiny guy (laughs) yeah but especially their net will compare their net worth and their achievement it's just like whoa it's like different and you're in a position where you you could have a big head because you're you're like you know hey look at look what all I've done and then yeah then you go to these meetings and you kind of look at someone you're like what is that and then they mm-hmm. you know they have ten times what you have and you're like right. wow it really does give you a different way of looking at things and are is there anything else as far as their like personal habits or kind of maybe you know have they given you any like kind of power tips or anything like that or life hacks like anything oh. kind of they all have a, a good routine and I don't know if that comes with age because <laughs> I'm struggling uh, when it comes to like certain routines. Um, but they're very, they, they're always, you know, willing to meet people. They're not snobby. They're actually, and also they're, they're always giving advices. Like for me, I ask them, Hey, how do you, how do you do this? And they just break it down. They're kind of open book, which is kind of crazy. Of course we keep, the address silent because we want to make sure we lock it down. I, I keep my addresses silent um, mm-hmm. when, if there's an acquisition, just because like, you know, you just never know. But these guys are really good. So I, I really like I really enjoy going to that meeting. It's have called Professional of, Investors Guild. Have any of them shared any like super crazy like rags to riches stories? Like, do, does anyone have any like, you know, so this guy, he well, it was a subdivision. Um, he bought, he he bought the subdivision. We'll put it on the contract, and someone came in and bought bought it from him, and he made six figures. Wow! Okay, <laughs> Just that's instantly. Pretty good. And then instantly. there was so, and then a lot of these guys they do this. They're not in. They don't do much fix and flip. And some just stop doing that. They actually do bigger fix and flips. We're talking about apartment a, apartment complex fix and flip. Um, they keep it for about three, four years where they made it so good, like renovation, putting a hundred percent occupancy where they have made a million dollars like on a single apartment complex flip. And they've done that several times. So we're, they're not looking at. And also while they were doing that, they were still collecting rent. Oh. 
So it was still paying off the mortgage or that creative financing. So, so if I had to take a, a wild guess, I would I would guess that these these people you've been meeting they um they probably are the type to always do self improvement, like always trying to be better, always trying to learn mm-hmm. new things. Is that something that you've noticed about them? Yes, because the last meeting we had it was talking about storage investing. Those self-storage. Oh, yeah, you know, it, yeah. It kind of blew my mind, too, because those self-storage, there's there's a guy in there. His name, his name is Jonathan, and all he focuses is on self-storage. And the crazy part was, for me, I just passed it up, and I didn't realize that it had that potential. If you think about it, it's not people. It's just people storing stuff, so less mm-hmm. maintenance. You don't have to worry about too much, and there. Some of them get really rich off of self-storage, which kind of blew my mind during that meeting. That's so. interesting. Uh, what are some of the the biggest things you've learned since being a part of a group like that? Uh, the biggest thing that I learned is just how to make a, how to make a deal that would have never worked out, but I took their advice and made it a lot more creative. Hmm. Like seller financing, like, if I didn't have $500,000 to put down as a down payment, they know a way of how to raise those funds from other wealthy people that just needs to part their money because of taxes. They need to get rid of that. I know it sounds crazy for those wealthy people. They can't have that money sitting in their check-ins account. They have to make sure that money is working super hard for them. So the when I was talking to them, they were like, yeah, man, we – we raised like two million dollars in in a month. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, wait, who would who would trust you guys with that money?" They're like, "When it comes to like wealthy people, they just think differently, and they need to make sure their money is just not sitting. They need to make sure that money's working super hard for them." Okay, so if you get a if you get some type of windfall, don't just like spend it on a new car or something. Use it to make more money or invest it into your business. Is that something? Is that kind of along the lines? But kind of along the lines, yeah. They they're really always looking for assets instead okay. of you know depreciating. Yeah, yeah. Assets, there, so and yeah, a lot of a lot of assets people buy are depreciating, like the cars or boats or clothes <laughs> or designer. Although some yeah. designer purses, I will say, they retain their value. Uh, but a lot of them probably probably not. But <laughs> this has been kind of interesting to hear from you about just all these these people in these circles. And we want to reiterate to anyone that's kind of joining us that's new, uh, John started his investing journey with only $10,000. So I know that's a lot of money for some of you, but that's actually a pretty low amount for real estate investing. And so you don't have to always have a boatload of money to start investing or doing something in real estate. You could always look for partnership, but make sure you know your paperwork is good. Yeah, so, as as you've gotten you have gotten scammed before, and that was not yeah. <laughs> that was not fun. Yeah, but it, it's interesting um, that you you seem to be kind of striking a chord with these people on TikTok. Which honestly, I do feel like again, if you're out there and you're younger, there's so much you can do. There's so like don't think that you're limited to just what's in your world right now. Mm-hmm. It's gonna really limit your your world, and you don't want that. It, you you really can do anything you want, and that's the message we want to send: is that that you guys are not limited by your circumstances, by anything. The only thing stopping you is your own 
you know, your own attitude and your own actions. Or and lack of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, lack of knowledge. And that's something that with the internet, you can learn mm-hmm. most everything for free. Because so here's the thing. thing. If you talk, there's there's two types of people. When they look at, oh, real estate investing, oh, yeah, he's killing it. Or someone would say, oh, but listen, real estate investing is only favorable to those people who have money. Like, you can't do that. Someone would just sh- shoot you down like that. You know why? Because they can't do it. Doesn't mean you can't do it. For me, I, if you want someone else to part the money for you, you have to provide value. How? You provide value by knowing the market inside and out. You provide value by providing the deal. You provide value by negotiating the deal where it's such a good deal, no investor would turn it down. So that's how you provide value. If, if one party, so everyone's different and everybody has their strength and weaknesses. If your strength is that and you don't have any money right now, you find that person who has the money and your strength is finding the deal, negotiating the deal, closing it down. So you, you have to give and take. Yeah, and I do think that's something that I think a lot of younger people in particular could could learn from is that you need to be you need to have some some marketable value Mm -hmm. so if you're out there you know maybe you can't afford to go to college and you don't have any skills you need to get some type of skills some type of knowledge to make you an authority an authority in some area and that will bring you opportunities Uh, for instance i decided to grow youtube channels and now i have people approaching me to help them build youtube channels and I would not have gotten there if I had not taken the time, the energy, and, the, and put in all the effort into learning about YouTube. And you want to know how much that all cost me, John? Nothing. It That's was awesome. free. Yeah, like it was free, you know. Yeah. And now, and now I create a a somewhat stable income for myself every month. I'm working with one client, and all of that knowledge I have literally was free. So mm-hmm. it's available on YouTube. YouTube right. actually tells you everything it wants you to do. So if you're out there and you want to do something like that, learn about what you're interested in, but you, you know, you can't expect someone and it's unreasonable to ask someone to pay you or to get a job or anything if you don't have anything to contribute. So if you are in that position and you you want to change, you know, take that action. I know there are so many things that are out of your control, but you have to realize there are a lot of things that are within your control. So everything you can control, have the mindset of of making the decisions that will lead you to success right. and not the other way around. Right. And it's it's all about choices. Right. And and guys, uh, on the next episode, I'm going to start um, pointing out each deals that I have done that's been so creative that a lot of people have never heard of. Um, so we'll, we'll start doing that. So that way you guys know that something like that is out there. Cause a lot of people, when they hear about these creative, they, a lot of people just think like this, when you buy a house, you want to buy a house, you either have to have cash to purchase it, or you have to just get a, you're able to get a loan, but there's actually a lot of ways to acquire a property that you never even knew about. So let's, Starting, you know, next week, let's definitely talk about yeah. that. Because that's the thing. We can give really generic advice, but we do really want to be very specific. Right. And, and the value of having John here is that he can give like a, 
a breakdown analysis of everything that's going on. So John is currently trying to get his brokerage license. You're doing a lot. Of, uh, you're so busy. Like I can't even imagine it. And you're, I don't know if this is something you're that's on up and up, but you're trying to buy a motel. So yes, I'm actually headed there this Saturday to do a walkthrough with my business partner that I found through this pig meeting <laughs> to the group, which is crazy. Cause he has experience and sometimes guys there is another thing if you if you it's a deal i found and so on a big deal like that i don't have any experience but i know what's a good cap rate versus what's not and and for me bringing him on board is still it's going to be huge even if i have to share the profit 50-50 um at least i know it's it's much more secure he's more experienced he's going to help me along the way and let's say this deal works out. The next deal, I have all that experience. Uh, maybe I might partner up with someone or maybe not. Because when you partner up someone, yes, you split the profit, but you also split the risk. Split the so, risk. Yeah. And then you have someone. Yeah, it's not just all you. No, that's a really right. good point. Mm -hmm. and, um, and you and I have talked a little bit privately about this, but um, we, you and I both get people reaching out to us about you know, hitting us up to pick our brains and, and all that sort of thing. And I will say this, if you're out there and you are looking for a mentor or you're looking for someone to bounce ideas off or something like John is finding these investors with more experience, I've noticed one mistake I see a lot of people making is reaching out to someone like via email or DMs and they make all of these demands. Like they'll write to me and say, you know, hey, Jen, I've seen some of your videos you know, can you, can you zoom with me? And I want to pick your brain about, you know, insert topic here. But the thing that they're missing is that there's, there's not a lot of upside for me. And while I'd like to help more people just with time and everything, like people like us, we don't always have the time. So if you are reaching out to someone and you want to get their help, you kind of need to think in your mind from their perspective, what value do you have to them? Like, what can you offer them to make your ask more appealing? But if you're just reaching out and you're asking, 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 you're not giving at anything, the, the likelihood of them responding positive, positively to that interaction is probably going to be pretty low. So you kind of have to think about that when you're reaching out to folks of, of higher value than yourself, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe it's not anything big. Maybe you offer to, you know, like maybe you reach out to John and say, hey, is there any grunt work you hate that I can pick up for you? Right. And in and, exchange, I learned from you, right. something and like that. And then I also did, like, first of all, I didn't realize the people that I connected with actually had that much net worth and network and also a lot of properties. I didn't know anything about that. I just, just went up to them and was actually genuinely interested in who they were, what they did, and after going there for a year, I started realizing that this guy that I knew for quite some time actually had a lot of properties. And I was like, dude, why didn't you yeah. tell me that? <laughs> and then that's when I'm like, okay, he's, if I ever do run into a situation where I want to acquire a lot of properties like that or syndication, like I know who to go to. Like I'm going to ask his help and I'm going to ask him because I have made a connection like that. I have already made like, although we didn't really like spend too much time because we always just meet once a month. I'm still saying, hey, hey, Robert, how are you? 
hey, j- even if I just said, hey, and we just talked for a bit, um, you know, I'm just trying to build upon that each month and then, you know, keep talking. So, yeah. yeah. So so when you're trying to make connections, make sure they're they're meaningful connections and also really try to see how you can serve the other person, too. And, and if it's a mutually beneficial relationship, then everybody wins. But, you know, and I know you and I have experienced we just we get a lot of people reaching out to us and they just they're making they just make all these demands. And it does kind of have like a sense of entitlement. And that actually kind of makes me not want to help them. Like, they're so you know what I mean? Like, and I I know that sounds really, really mean. That might sound a little mean. I'm not I'm personally not in a position where I can donate all of this time. So when I'm picking and choosing things to do, I have to be pretty mindful of it because, you know, every minute I'm helping somebody else, I'm not building my own thing. So that's something, you know, I mean, I'm sure if you get to like multimillionaire status, you probably have a little more, le- bit more leeway. But when someone's actually, I don't think bills, you would have more leeway. You don't think, you'd probably have less I don't leeway. think so. I okay. think you would have less leeway when you're still making that kind of money. But yeah. And just to clarify, you guys, we we would love to help you guys leave your questions in the comments below because that actually benefits the whole community. And then we might answer your question in a future episode. But what we're more talking about here is like the one on one interaction, <laughs> like someone saying, hey, can I jump on a call with you real quick? Or, hey, do you mind Skyping with me? And that's the thing, like in those situations, you're only helping one person. But that's why we're doing this podcast is because we want to be in a situation where this can scale and this can potentially help maybe thousands of people. So, again, we're not trying to, like, dissuade you from leaving comments. Please leave comments, questions, you know, anything you might need help with. And we're happy to to try to do as much as we can. Jennifer, when I was um, networking with you know, guys like this, I didn't come up to them and ask them, Hey, how do you do that? How do you do this? How do you do that? Like just beg and just think of myself. Uh, first I genuinely got to know them. And then I, and then once we started talking, they started opening up a little bit where they do these kind of deals and I get curious. So I just asked them, okay, Hey, how do you do this? Oh, that's really cool. Well, Hey, if I find a deal and I come to you, like, do you possibly think we could partner up? And guess what? I did find a deal and I sent it to them and they were like, Whoa, this is actually good, John. Yeah. But at this time with time, like we can't acquire it, but wow, the cash on cash return is really good on this one. And guess what? That was actually the motel deal that I was just going to sell it to them and get paid hundred thousand dollars. But I decided to buy it with someone else. And I was like, that actually has been the best choice and the best rejection that I've got. So So along those lines, do you feel like when some of these folks get to that level of being extremely successful, they kind of have to discern because I bet a lot of people are kind of after them and wanting something from them. (laughs) So do you do you feel like they kind of have a little bit of a wall up as far as who they let into the circle? Um, Like Matt Robinson, the guy who was a millionaire by 26, uh, who flipped over 2000 properties and have a ton of rentals. His credit score is zero, by the way, because he never borrows money. He doesn't borrow money, of <laughs> yeah. course. So he went ahead and created a course. And when someone asked him a ton of questions, he said, hey. Then they're like, hey. I created a course that can explain you far better. Because the thing is, the reality is, the thing you're asking me cannot be just taught within five yeah. minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes. It would literally take up hours and hours of explanation because once you get into it 
now he's getting into the contract, but you're like, oh, but what does this mean? Oh, that means that. Okay, but what about in this situation? So there's a lot of things that play out. So that's why now I understand why these people create those courses. Create the courses, yeah. It's, yeah, and, yeah, and again, it helps them scale so they can help more people. And that's right. really the purpose of this podcast mm-hmm. is because we want to help you guys, but we also want to do it on a level that's realistic. Mm-hmm. If I spent all of my time helping people with YouTube, I would never put any videos out myself. And right. the same thing with you. If you were always helping people with real estate stuff, mm-hmm. you would never be doing any deals. Speaking of so, that, this you know, is the crazy uh, – someone – told me about this when you say yes to someone you're saying no to yourself when i first heard that i was like whoa that's crazy and the saying that someone taught me that when i was trying to help them you know do this and that and my hours were going towards them but i needed to go out and prospect and go make some money like an agent a, a mentor was like hey john if you're going out there and doing all this for other people and you're saying yes you're ultimately saying no to yourself so you really need to value your time protect your time and just um make sure you be mindful of that yes sometimes it is good to do some charity work and um you just have to be a good discern discern those man that really that really hits home so and have you ever had a situation because i've had a few of these where you decided you wanted to help someone is usually someone you kind of know peripherally and then you spent tons of time helping them only for them to do nothing with the information and then that's where i heard this saying called good deeds go unpunished that's when i started hearing that because i was like always helping here and there but it ended up just like not being good and you know my business my ex-business partner said good deeds goes unpunished and i've definitely felt that before (laughs) yeah and it's so it's just so frustrating frustrating and i and again i'm not trying to be mean i'm just speaking Mm -hmm. from experience i don't you can't help everybody and you can't you especially can't help somebody who doesn't want to even help themselves Uh, so john do you have anything this week that is asian yes So guys, um, so I realized I'm like documenting, documenting a lot of things like videos. So what I did was I went out and bought this thing right here, which attaches to my iPhone, the Shure MV88 and the sound quality is amazing. So I was like, man, this was such a good purchase. So I, I really enjoy using this a lot and the sound is much more clear. So, so you're going to be vlogging more for the YouTube channel, you think? No, for TikTok. I for just TikTok, think TikTok, okay. TikTok so is just you're really like, like my TikTok. platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as of when we're recording this, you have, oh my gosh, you got like 600 what? followers in like 30 minutes. Really? I'm not, yeah, for real. For real. Like I refreshed and it went from 4,200 to 4,800. So oh my goodness. Things that's are going crazy. pretty okay for you. Um, wow. So that's awesome. So you seem to have really found your your sweet spot in your home with social media yeah it's definitely better than youtube like i I actually enjoy tiktok better than youtube i know if you're not into tiktok i know what you're thinking because i used to think that oh tiktok is for silly little teenagers dancing on there but i actually have none of that on are you gonna start are you gonna start dancing now are you gonna hey okay maybe i need to You start doing. You gotta start dancing with like BTS. Like start yeah. learning some some choreo, some pot lock and pop and, and oh some some of those moves. 
Um, so my my Asian approved is somewhat along those lines, but I recently finished this book called The YouTube Formula, and I've been following this guy named Daryl Eves for years. He is the YouTube guy. So for any of you guys who do have questions about YouTube, get this book. It explains everything you need to know if you're if you don't know a lot about YouTube, and even if you're a pretty experienced creator, I still found the material really helpful. It explains how the algorithm works and also Daryl's strategy for growing all these channels. He has like 80 billion views. He has literally billions and billions of views on YouTube, viral videos. He works with Mr. Beast. So if you have YouTube aspirations, pick up the YouTube formula. I, I read it. It was awesome. And this guy charges like $800 an hour for a consultation. So buying wow. a book for like 25 bucks in comparison is is a pretty good deal. Wow, that's so, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he charges a lot of money for consultations. Well, he's bringing value, so yeah, it makes he definitely, sense. he definitely does. So, guys, thank you for watching. Let us know below in the comments if you have any questions or if there's any topics you want to see see us touch on in either of our areas of expertise. We yeah. are happy to try to help. And like I said, the next episodes, coming episodes, I'll put out a lot of the deals that I've done. So that way you guys are, it's not secret. It's like an actual very deep uh, in depth. So that way you guys understand, okay, wow. I, I didn't even realize you could make money that way. So we want to provide value to you guys. So yes, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. All right. We'll see you guys next time.